your home of the Pens. WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. tonight but it's not really vegas it's not caesar's palace or bellagio it's more like one of the downtown casinos or maybe the stratosphere vegas lost to washington last night and the gold knights are now one and three the glitter is muted let's see if the penguins can take advantage this is the mark madden show live at buford's on fifth avenue the number to call is 412-333-WXDX, or you can do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter, at X. Tonight is the first game for the Penguins since Coach Mike Sullivan got real pissed off because the Penguins ignored structure in that 5-1 home loss to Montreal on Saturday. I'm curious to see the response because that could easily go in one ear and out the other. Or perhaps Casey DeSmith in goal, and not Matt Murray, might make the Penguins tighten up defensively. That might be a bigger influence on the Penguins than what Sully said, or even the hard practices, or the extra practice. Uh, By the way, Matt Murray might have got hurt, concussed, when he stayed on the ice for extra work. So remember, kids, always do the bare minimum. Less work equals less risk. Uh, Ricola's NHL debut is the big sidebar tonight. I'm sure he'll do fine, but if he does, where's that leave Ole Mata? The goaltending matchup is DeSmith versus Saban. No flurry. If you beat Vegas, they drop to one and four. I wonder how Hockey Town out there in the desert will react to that. Sid hasn't scored yet, neither has Phil. The Penguins could use a win and will probably get one. Uh, Matt Murray did take shots today. Said he's feeling better, but will definitely not dress tonight. It's going to be DeSmith in the blue paint with Tristan Jari backing up. I'd prefer hockey talk today. I always do so. Dial 412-333-WXDX. The current worry of Penguins fans is to fret about Murray being hurt again and wondering what to do. But there's just nothing to do. You wait for Murray to get better. Now, for next year, when you clear cap space, because some contracts are up, like Carl Haglin, you go get a better backup, a veteran 1A. Like Cam Ward in Chicago, not like Ante Niemi last year, like Cam Ward in Chicago, but you can't go do that now. This isn't a situation of instant gratification. What you can do right now is play better defense and adopt better structure. I'm not suggesting the Penguins trap that they have guys skating backwards in the neutral zone. I would never suggest that. But if the Penguins did trap, they would still score a ton of goals because they are so skilled on the counterattack. 
defense can create offense, as the Penguins have often proven, have often done. At any rate, let's just hope Murray is back soon. Him uh, practicing today at the morning skate, that's a good sign. And when Murray comes back, the Penguins can get back to basically ignoring defense. Double M Live at Buford's on 5th Avenue. Try the gumbo. I'm giving out pucks to kids. you got to be a kid. i got five. Well, make that four. Commemorative Penguins pucks. Already gave one away. So the next four kids to show up and introduce themselves to the super genius get a free puck. But one thing I beg. If you're the sixth kid, don't cry. Just shut the frig up. If you're a parent of the sixth kid, you really need to shut the frig up. 412-333-9939. Don't forget, you can play fantasy football against me. That's a sheets thing. Last week I finished fourth out of 37,086 participants. Not too bad. Check it out at the X website. We should do fantasy hockey. I'd do even better. I'd win every week. Pitt is playing Notre Dame in football. That's at South Bend. So this is one of those weeks we pretend we care about Pitt, but we really care about Notre Dame. The Houston Astros are favored over the Boston Red Sox in the American League Championship Series, even though Boston won 130 games or whatever. Pitching, pitching, and more pitching. That is the way to bet. Elton John was excellent at PPG Paints Arena. A brilliant performance in a foolproof songbook. I left the arena and Saxman, the dude who plays the sax outside PPG Paints Arena before and after events, Saxman was playing Don't Go Breaking My Heart, which was the one hit Elton didn't play last night, possibly due to the absence of Kiki D, with whom Elton sang a duet back when. But Saxman playing Don't Go Breaking My Heart was a nice touch. I posted a video. Not from last night, but from Elton at Madison Square Garden a couple years ago. It's his uh, magnum opus, I think his most magnificent song, uh, which is Funeral for a Flynn, which is an instrumental, segueing into Love Lies Bleeding. It's, it's 11 minutes long. He did it last night as well. It's just brilliant. Like I said, Elton John's magnum opus. Uh, I finally saw the season finale of Better Call Saul. It was insanely gripping. Uh, Jimmy McGill is finally Saul Goodman. That's the way the season wrapped up. He conned everybody, even Kim, the woman he says he loves, pretends to love, might even love, but that won't get in the way of a good con. Uh, Le'Veon Bell still hasn't shown up. And Antonio Brown has gone three days without a lawsuit, and I, for one, am impressed. Antonio Brown spoke today about the two lawsuits in Florida. Uh, He denied any wrongdoing, denied all of the lawsuits, but what the heck else is he going to do? You've got to give him the benefit of the doubt, except uh, I'll be blunt, I think he done it. I think the circumstantial evidence says he done it. And if that makes me a bad person, well, then um, 
a bad person. He called them false claims. False claims. Okay. Uh, All that's left to do is to go get the kicker ball. Have you seen that? The ad for the kicker ball. The soccer ball that swerves. Actually, if you're a really good player, you can make a regular soccer ball swerve. But this is like the difference between a baseball and a wiffle ball. Any idiot can throw a curveball with a wiffle ball. So after you get the kicker ball, oh, what about that Omaha Steaks? What do they call it? The Celebrity Package. 74% off, but for a limited time. I've heard those steaks and burgers and chicken breasts are very good. I just can't wrap my mind around getting meat sent to me by mail. I can walk right down the street to Giant Eagle. I see the steak. I get the steak. I cook the steak. I eat the steak. And a mailman never touched it. No offense to you mailmen out there, but I think it's better if a mailman never touches it. We got a great group of guests today. At 3.30, we talk football with Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette. He covers the Steelers and the NFL for that publication. Then at 4.30, from theathletic.com, we got Josh Yowie. By the way, on Twitter, a bunch of people told stories about meeting me, and I retweeted them, and then it went off the deep end into fiction. And some of the stories are kind of funny especially those that quote song lyrics. And might I add, every single one of them is true, even the Werewolves of London reference, because my hair is indeed perfect. Uh, Just around the corner, it's gray, but it's perfect. We're going to talk about the Steelers game at Cincinnati. And again, to reiterate what I said yesterday, the Steelers are in danger in that game. So are the Bengals, but the Steelers much more so because the Bengals have perfect and the Bengals are dirtier and the Bengals are even less disciplined than the Steelers because while Tomlin's an enabler, uh, Marvin Lewis with Cincinnati is a mere babysitter. So that game could go real bad real quick. And uh, I don't think enough people understand that Vontez Perfect is a sociopath. And, and people pretend they say he's just a competitor. No, he's a sociopath. And we'll uh, round out that discussion just around the corner. Also, wait to hear the TV ratings for Monday night. Monday night football against the playoff game in baseball between the Red Sox and Yankees. Wait to hear what won and what the disparity was. It's really quite something. So I am live at Buford's on Fifth Avenue. This is the Mark Madden Show right across the street. From PPG Paints Arena, tonight it's the Penguins and Vegas Golden Knights. Hear it right here on 105.9 The X. This is Matt Cullen of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you are listening to Mark Madden on the home of the Pens, 105.9 The X. Today in the Steelers' dressing room, Juju Smith-Schuster was walking around holding a football in a onesie and treating it like a baby because, of course, he gave birth uh, on Sunday after scoring a touchdown against Atlanta. What a funny guy. Uh, Jason LaConfora, the veteran NFL reporter, says that Le'Veon Bell to the Eagles is a thing, that it's being discussed. Hey, if the Steelers can get a second-round pick for Bell, even a third, they should make that deal. If they beat Cincinnati Sunday, 
They're three, two, and one. They have some momentum, and they'll be dropping turmoil right into the middle of a team that would, at that point, appear to be regrouping. Uh, if they're two, three, and one, and at that point, two and a half games behind Cincinnati after losing this coming Sunday, then there's no point bringing Bell back. So you might as well trade him, but for a different reason. So uh, Lockin Forest says the Steelers sending Bell to the Eagles is a possibility, but uh, it's also being reported that the Eagles want Shady McCoy from Buffalo, and he'd be a more comfortable fit, I, I think, uh, Shady McCoy having been an Eagle before. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. We are three days away from the Steelers game at Cincinnati. It has the feel of D-Day anticipation-wise, Omaha Beach, because even if you win, lives are going to be lost. If you're Juju, how do you feel and what do you do? Because Juju, and he better leave the baby at home because he'll be walking in the valley of the shadow of death this Sunday at Cincinnati. Burfecht is going to go after him to get even for Juju concussing him last year, and Juju can only do so much to avoid. Uh, I'm writing a column for the trip for Sunday's paper about the danger of this game and the danger of Vontez Burfecht. And I was reading different stories online about Burfecht uh, from Cincinnati publications, from national publications, and so many of those stories and those reporters ignore what Vontez Burfecht is. I see stuff like, oh, he's a good football player. Yep. He is, but that's not relevant to this discussion. I see stuff like, oh, he'd never do anything stupid. Well, of course he would and has many, many times. The guy's been suspended 10 games. He's been fined or suspended 11 times because of pay forfeited and fines. Vontas Burfecht has lost over $4 million to his sociopathy. And uh, that's a lot of money, and it goes to show he doesn't care. Uh, only one word properly describes Vontez Burfecht. He's a sociopath. Uh, Burfecht is not an old-school player. He's not a throwback. There is nothing romantic about how Vontez Burfecht plays. Burfecht is a sociopath and a sadist, and a chronic offender. The NFL won't spay or neuter him, so it's always open season. John Wayne Gacy didn't stop killing. Vontez Burfecht won't suddenly have an epiphany, uh, find religion, and play football clean. The point is, Sunday's game between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati is going to be effed up. That's the phrase that pays. It applies. It will come to pass. That game going to be effed up. There's a lot of danger, and not enough people seem to get that. And Marvin Lewis, the Bengals babysitter, he said he hopes his team can stay poised. That's like Charles Manson saying, gee, I hope the girls don't kill anybody. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's go to Derek at Gibsonia. Derek, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mr. Matt, what's up, man? Hey, it seems like you're a little harsh on Juju, and it's like 
dude, he ain't hurting anybody. He's just having fun, you know. Yeah, I know. He's having fun. He's living his best life. He's lit AF. I don't like the way he acts. It's my show. I can say and tweet what I want. Anything else? Yeah, I think it's good for the team. You know, it's just okay. Bad. I don't like it, and I can tweet and say what I want. Anything else? Bro, I didn't say you could, man. I'm just saying you need to be less harsh on him, man. No, no, because you called, uh, I'm going to step it up and be even harsher on him. But thank you for the call. That's because I am lit AF. I'm the only one in town who's lit AF. I don't like it. I don't like a guy who's been in the league two years, hasn't won anything. I don't like all the bow jangling, and that's what it is. And uh, I, I don't think it makes them look good. And I think if you look at your appreciation for it, you'd see that it doesn't make him look good. Good player. Good receiver. Good Fortnite player, from what I'm told. But uh, I don't like his approach. But it hasn't affected his play. He's doing great. And maybe that is all that counts, but not on this show. Let's go to Big Z in Fox Chapel. Big Z, you're on with Double M. Hey now, Double M. Hey now. So I just want to get your opinion on, uh, you know, the Penguins and concerning the backup goaltender. Uh, I was just kind of curious as to why, you know, I know JR likes to keep three goalies. And I was curious as to why you think the Penguins didn't put in a claim for uh, Calvin Picard or Curtis Well, JR, JR doesn't like to keep three goalies. There's almost no, always only three goalies, in uh, two goalies rather, almost always only two goalies in Pittsburgh. I'm not sure Calvin Picard helps. I mean, how much has he started in the league? I'm talking about a guy who started recently and done well, like Cam Ward. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. I, I don't think McElhaney's a slouch. I mean, I think he's actually a fairly good back. Oh, don't sell yourself short, Judge. You're a tremendous slouch. Thank you for the call. Uh, there, there's no changing it now. In the off season, yes, but there's no changing it now. Up next, we talk Stillers with Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette. Come down to Buford's on 5th Avenue. 16-ounce Bud Light aluminum pints. For just four bucks. That's a heck of a beer and a heck of a deal. So get yourself down to Buford's. I'm Mark Madden, 1059. This is Jack Johnson of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you are listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on the home of the Pens, 1059 The X. I don't normally give a, a plug to the various low rent Pittsburgh websites, but this site called Pittsburgh Unfiltered just sent out a tweet. Vegas has set the over under for the Steelers Bengals game at 4.5 fatalities. Joining me now, he covers the Steelers in NFL for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We welcome Jerry Dulac. Jerry, I hate when the Steelers and Bengals play. It's like a street fight, and that's ever since Cincinnati got perfect. Well, in a, well, here's the other thing, though, too. You're right about perfect, Mark. But the other uh, instigator, agitator in his hockey, you know what they call them, those blank disturbers, uh, was the thug Adam Jones, and he was as bad as anybody as inciting the players. He is gone, so 50% of that nonsense from the Bengals could be missing, and Burfitt's just coming back from a suspension. So you would you would maybe think that he's going to be on for what he would for what would be for him his best behavior. Do you expect Burfitt to go after Juju Smith-Schuster to get even for that crackback block last year? Yeah, a little retribution. I mean, I, I, think, I don't think there's any question he'll have him in his crosshairs, but I, I think, you you know, you'd like to think, or at least from his part, that he'd, he'd pick his spots and, and do it 
do it when he thinks he might get away with it. I don't think it's just going to be some flagrant uh, run at Juju. But, uh, yeah, I, I would be, I'd almost be surprised if he had an opportunity if he didn't do it and, and give him the Antonio Brown treatment from a couple of years ago. How do you prepare to play against Perfect? And for that matter, Jer, uh, the Bengals, because it's an undisciplined team, it's a dirty team, Marvin Lewis is just a babysitter, Perfect is a sociopath, it's just a toxic situation. Well, you know, Mark, I've always been surprised that Marvin Lewis tol- not only tolerated but somewhat coddled that behavior from Burfitt and, and Adam Jones. And and if you recall, after that 2015 season playoff game where those two knuckleheads committed those penalties and cost them a playoff game, and Marvin still is yet to win a playoff game, uh, instead of punishing Adam Jones, they rewarded him not only with a $20 million contract, Mark, but they made him the defensive captain. Now imagine if you are a player on that team, or let's just say on that defense, and you realize that Adam Jones's dumb penalty there at the end cost them a playoff game, a possible further, well, obviously a further march in the playoffs and a possible spot in the Super Bowl because he's, because he's a knucklehead, and then they're going to make him the defensive captain. How, how do you think they would respond you know, if you were a player on that roster, how you would respond to that. And, and Mark, I don't think it's any coincidence that prior to this season, since that playoff loss, the Bengals are what? They're like 7-16 and whatever, you know. Uh, Well, it'd be more than that. They'd only won, I think, seven or nine games. They've not done well. That was clearly a, a tipping point negatively for the Bengals. Right. And there's no question about it. So, um, but in terms of how you prepare for him, I will say this, Mark, that, that, you know, despite his antics and his ridiculous behavior, uh, Montez Burford is a very good football player, and every one of those guys will tell you that, including the linemen who have to block him, including David DeCastro, whom he spit on a couple years ago, if you recall. So um, they all know he's a very, very good football player. So it's more when you prepare for Burford, you prepare more for him as a football player than you do as as the uh, you know agitator and and football lowlife that he is. So um, you know that, but but you know you you're always ready in a pile what that guy might do. The Bengals are four and one, Jer. They've had some close wins over mediocre teams, but they're four and one, and that's atop the division. How good is Cincinnati? Are they for real? Well, that's what we're going to find out, Mark. This is a good opportunity for them. Uh, it's a good opportunity for them to go five and one and put the Steelers at two, three and one, and and you know widen that uh, chasm, uh, if you will, just a, a little bit more. Um, you know, I think the one thing they have done, uh, Mark, is that uh, you know they've put up a lot of points. They haven't done that in past years. I think they're averaging over thirty points a game, but they came back in two games. I know it was against Indy and it was against Miami, although Miami was 3-1. and one. They were down 13 to Indy late, and they were down 17 to Miami, and they came back in both those games. So it showed some uh, resiliency. It, it showed that it wasn't those Bengals teams that, you know, it was just going to go further into the tank. So uh, I, I will give them uh, that. I think Tyler Boyd gives them another weapon to throw to aside from A.J. Green. I think it hurts them losing Tyler Eifert, as it annually seems to do. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I think their defense can certainly be had. I think they can run on them. And, uh, but, uh, we'll, you know, we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll hold off on uh, anointing the, the Bengals division champs. Joe Hayden did very well 
uh, playing man on Julio Jones in the win over Atlanta, Jer. Will he have the same duty against A.J. Green at Cincinnati Sunday? Yeah, I'd, I'd be shocked if he didn't because he had that duty last year, uh, Mark, and in, in the past when he was with the Browns. They didn't meet head-to-head a lot, even though you'd think they would because of both injuries to A.J. and Joe Hayden. But I think they met five or six times, and if you go back and look at the numbers, and I don't have them in front of me, but I remember researching this last year, um, that Joe Hayden has gotten the best of A.J. Green for the most part. Uh, now, I believe A.J. Green had a touchdown last year called back by a penalty, uh, but all in all, Joe Hayden has had the best of, of that battle uh, with A.J. Green, and I, I fully expect him to follow him again. Why did the Steelers linebackers play better against Atlanta? Because, as you and I have noted, that's been a weakness of the team most of the season, but uh, they came through against the Falcons inside and outside. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously T.J. Watt just had the big game. He had three sacks, three quarterback hits, and three quarterback pressures. Uh, you know, and he was in that backfield a lot. And, uh, you know, that was good to see from him because we, you know, the three previous games he'd been rather quiet. I think the surprise in there was uh, was uh, was Fort, L.J. Fort, uh, playing as well as, as he did, Mark. You know, he had the uh, uh, forced fumble, the fumble recovery. Uh, he had a sack. I think he had two tackles for loss. And he, he only played, you know, I think it was 25 snaps. So those were productive 25 uh, snaps. So, I, you know, sometimes those matchups occur. I mean, we saw, you know, we saw when John Bostick was in the zone, he and Sean Davis got split for that uh, 43-yard touchdown of 47 by Muhammad Sanu. But, um, you know, all in all, they played very well. Uh, but I think, I think a lot of it had to do with the uh, Falcons were determined that they weren't going to let Cam Hayward and, and Stephon Tuitt be a difference, and they spent a lot of time uh, double-teaming those guys. Uh, but still, Cam had a big game with one-and-a-half sacks. So, um, you know, a lot of it has to do with what's up front, but I, I give the linebackers credit, especially T.J. Watt, obviously. They, they played a solid game. Well, staying with Watt and stirring uh, the running back, James Conner, into the mix, uh, both of them were very good against Atlanta, but I think we overreact. Uh, those two were both second-year guys and obviously need to develop consistency. One week they're very good, one week they're non-existent. Yeah, I agree with you, Mark, and both of them are, you know, strangely enough, coincidentally enough, they each had a good game against Cleveland, and then they each had a good game against Atlanta. And in between, there were some, uh, you know, very average performances. So I think that's what you want to see for him. I, I think I would f- feel a little better about T.J. Watt if his six sacks were distributed a little bit more evenly as opposed to three in each game. But, you know, the season's still young, but that's going to be the key, and that's also the key this week. I think they want to... I think they want to kind of pile, uh, you know, back up last week's performance, follow it up with another good rushing performance. And I expect, uh, I expect you will see the same type of attack come out and try to run the ball against the Bengals. And, Mark, that, that's really no secret against them. You look at the last six games, uh, you know, during the six-game winning streak that the Steelers have over the Bengals, they've averaged 31 carries a, a game and almost 120 yards a game rushing. So I don't expect that game plan to change. A whole lot this week. Well, staying with the rushing attack, uh, the offensive line by Olicons had a very good game against Atlanta. I guess that was inevitable, but what's caused their inconsistency along the O line, Jerry? Is it just all the injuries they've dealt with? 
Well, Mark, I, I don't know. Um, you know, they, they've had some, some nicks and some guys have missed some games. Um, but, I, you know, when, when you look at how they performed in those three games running the football, uh, you know, since that fumble in Cleveland leading up to the game against the Falcons, they've been averaging, well, at least James Conner was, 2.2 yards a rush. And, you know, he's obviously most of the running attack. So, um, I, you know, I, I didn't know if it was James Conner or the offensive line, but whatever it was, they did both last week, Mark. They ran the ball and they protected Ben. You know, he wasn't sacked for the first time uh, this season. And uh, obviously they would love that for that formula to continue. Uh, but it, it's hard to pinpoint what it was because it's not from a lack of talent, Mark. I mean, that's a seasoned group and a talented group, especially from uh, the right side uh, to the middle. So uh, I, I, it's, it's hard to say what it was. I would just say it was surprising, though, they were so ineffective. Have the Steelers, the organization, or the coaches heard from Le'Veon Bell yet? Mark, not that I'm aware of. I was asking around again today, and if somebody has, I haven't I haven't heard who that person is. Uh, it seems to me that the only person he's told he's going to come in next week is Jeremy Fowler. And uh, until even Ben, uh, yesterday when he was talking, he said that if and when Le'Veon Bell comes in, you know, there's always that caveat. Uh, it would be, if people are going to take him in his word, well, then they would be foolish because we've seen him issue two dates for arrival before and him not uh, adhere to either one. So until he shows up, I don't think the Steelers are going to sit there and, and figure he's coming. But, again, they haven't heard from him as far as I know. And uh, until they do, I don't think they're going to sit there and expect him next Monday or Tuesday to show up for his physical. And don't forget, he has to pass the physical. Ben also said that if Bell does come back, Connor should maintain a role. But if Connor maintains a role that's – any more than a backup, I don't see any point to bringing Bell back. You know, Mark, uh, it, I'll be curious to see how they do it beyond the first game. I mean, the first game back. Well, right, I the mean, first game, Connor still has to start and play quite a uh, few of course snaps. Uh, to me, he should start the first, at least the first two, at the very least. But you, all you have to do is go back to Cleveland last year in Bell's first game. He only carried ten times, so I don't even think he would get that many carries once he comes back and is ready to play. Um, but I, I, I know this. When D'Angelo Williams was leading the AFC in rushing while Le'Veon Bell was serving a suspension, as soon as Le'Veon Bell came back, we never saw D'Angelo Williams again, if you recall. There was all that talk about using two guys in the backfield that never happened. So, you know, unless they depart from tradition, uh, I'm not so sure that the same thing won't occur again. But I think a lot of it's going to depend on how well James Conner continues to play. Uh, but, like I said, D'Angelo Williams was doing very well as well, and it didn't seem to matter. Uh, Antonio Brown today said that the two lawsuits in Florida are false claims. And I don't know what exactly happened, Jerry, but there's been so much commotion and chaos surrounding Antonio Brown going back a couple of years, and it makes me wonder, is the Steelers organization, or Mike Tomlin, concerned about Antonio Brown's mental health? Because from a distance, it looks like they should be concerned. Well, I will say this, Mark. I can't sit here and quantify that they are concerned about his mental health, but I will tell you, because it was told to me uh, a good month ago, that uh, there is something different about Antonio Brown this year. And, uh, and, and whatever that is, you can see his personality is different. Um, he's a little bit more aloof. 
and I'm not just talking about with the media. You just see him in general. He walks around like an angry young man, um, and that was never his style before. So there's something going on with him, and, um, I, you know, obviously this pattern of behavior reflects that, and it goes back. Maybe it goes back to that episode. I don't know. But uh, whatever it is, uh, they are certainly aware that uh, his his attitude and something about Antonio Brown is is entirely different, and they not they don't feel that this week. They felt that for a good month or two, for sure. Jerry, great stuff as always. Enjoy the game Sunday. Hope you don't get any blood splattered on you, and uh, we'll talk again <laughs> next week. Well, thanks, Mike. Good chat with you. That's Jerry Dulac of the Post Gazette. He is number one in my book. Uh, up next, we're going to talk about the. Uh, a special anniversary. 34 years ago today, something very significant happened in the Pittsburgh sports world. Uh, we're going to talk about this really ugly story about Connellsville High School having armed guards accompany their soccer team to Penn Hills for a boys' soccer game because the last time the two teams played, uh, Connellsville players and fans were accused of directing racial slurs toward Penn Hills' players. Shouldn't Penn Hills have gotten the armed guards, given that circumstance? A definite bullying move, and we'll talk about that later on in the program. I'm live at Buford's on 5th Avenue. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9 X. This is Jake Enzo of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden in the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. On the finale of Better Call Saul, when Michael McKean uh, asked Chuck McGill, was singing karaoke, singing ABBA's The Winner Takes It All, I didn't hear him sing ABBA. All I heard was David St. Hubbins of Spinal Tap singing, Big Bottom, Big Bottom, Talk About Mud Flaps, My Girls Got Em. Double M Live at Buford's on 5th Avenue. Today is the 34th anniversary of Mario Lemieux's first goal in the National Hockey League. First game, first shift, first shot, first goal. And you may recall he went around Raymond Bork, uh, one of the NHL's all-time greatest defensemen, to score the goal. And uh, it was a harbinger of sorrow for Mr. Bork because Mario Lemieux, more than any other good player that he played against, tortured Ray Bork for the entirety of their parallel careers. I bet there's some hockey fans in Pittsburgh who pay attention to just the Penguins and not the NHL who think that Ray Bork stunk because all they saw was Mario just keep going by him and scoring goals. No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the Steelers and Bengals. Great to have Jerry Dulek on the show to discuss that game. The Bengals always choke this game away. Any big game. The Bengals always flinch. We tell ourselves that anyway. Uh, there was the playoff debacle of 2015. The Bengals blew that 17-0 lead against Pittsburgh last year. That was the game where Shazier got hurt, where Juju laid out perfect. 
and when there were seven extracurricular penalties, which was a high for any game in the NHL last year. But Cincinnati won the AFC North in 2013 and 15. That's a decent team. This game Sunday is up for grabs. Uh, I hear the B team keep talking about ways to get Connor and Bell both in the lineup. Like, put Bell in the slot. A, Bell is a running back, period. In fact, one of the best in the league when he's healthy and fit. B, if you put Bell in the slot, you've made Bell into Eli Rogers. Bell shouldn't be Eli Rogers. I'm not even sure Eli Rogers should be Eli Rogers. C, Connor isn't good enough to force Levy on Bell to change positions or miss many snaps. The abject overrating of James Connor continues. His future may be right, but uh, James Connor right now just isn't a number one NFL running back. And of course, Ben Roethlisberger fed right into that mistaken notion when he said when Bell comes back, uh, Connor should be not put on the shelf. It's spread, and I'm telling you, uh, Max Kellerman today on ESPN's first take talked about, I swear to God, referred to positionless basketball and said the Steelers have to find a way to get both Connor and Bell on the field at the same time. Yeah, let's just have Bell play guard if Foster or DeCastro gets hurt. Right, positionless basketball. Good thinking. In just 30 seconds, we're going to talk about TV ratings. Monday night, NFL regular season game against Yankees-Red Sox baseball playoff game. You'll be surprised by what happened. I'm Mark Madden, live at Buford's 105.9.